VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. It's always such an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week and to bring you such amazing guests that enlighten you and inspire you and really help you live a better life. And today is no exception. If you're listening today live on December 3rd between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon Pacific, you can call us at 866-472-5788. My guest today is Eldon Taylor, and his new book is called Choices and Illusions. Eldon Taylor has made a lifelong study of the human mind and has earned doctoral degrees in psychology and metaphysics. He's a fellow with the American Psychotherapy Association and a non-denominational minister. He was a practicing criminologist for over 10 years while completing his education and is now president and director of Progressive Awareness Research, Inc. For more than 20 years, his books, and his tapes and his lectures and radio and television appearances have appeared on personal empowerment from the cornerstone perspective of forgiveness, gratitude, and respect for all life. Welcome, Eldon. Well, it's my, indeed my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, you know, it's so interesting, this book. It has this person barefoot with jeans, and it says, Choices and Illusions. How did I get where I am, and how do I get to where I want to be? How did you pick that title and the cover? It's so interesting. Hey, well, two separate questions. Uh, answer to the first question is, I, I suppose, as we were talking before we got on the air, my life has largely been about teaching what I wanted to learn, and, and that is a quote from Gerald Champolsky's, uh, We Teach Only Love. But, but in 2020 hindsight, when I look back, what I see is, very often I was attempting to share or attempting to teach something that indeed at, at some level of my being I needed to learn. But I may not have been aware of that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Krishnamurti was, is, is a great philosopher, was a great philosopher who said, uh, choice is, is an illusion. Do I do this? Do I do that? Those, those things arise out of confusion. When I know clearly what there is that I need to do, that I wish to do, then there is no confusion. Then that choice itself, that illusion, disappears. In, in a very real sense, I discovered in my life that many of the choices I were making were not the best choices. They were self-destructive choices. They, they self-sabotaged. Uh, they were choices that habituated me in ways that I did not want to be habituated. And, and I wasn't unique. Uh, so the title was born out of the reflection on what my career had basically taught me and what not just taught me from an academic standpoint but taught me as I had changed in my life from what I emerged as a 20-year-old man to what I uh, found myself being uh, in my 50s and my early 60s. Mm-hmm. So having said that, what is your message for people? Is it really that we can create the life we want, that we all have our own choices? Talk about that. 
Well, the answer to that is yes. Unequivocally, there are some very simple things that we can all do, and before this hour is over, we need to go through those simple things. But they are very simple things that we can all do that change our life completely. And I mean completely, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, I mean, we we tend to be symptom-focused kinds of people, and so... You what do you know, we, mean by that? Well, you know, we look at ourselves and we say, you know, I need to lose weight. If I lost weight, I, I, I should stop smoking. If I stop smoking, I, I need a better job. I, I, I want more money. I, mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by symptom-focused. One of the things that we lack, most of us, is a prime directive. You know, if you think about Star Trek, the movie, uh, they had a prime directive. And if you go into life yourself with a prime directive, some things can be made very clear very easily. Let me give you an example, if I may, Patricia. Imagine you're walking down the street in New York City. It's the first visit there. It's a beautiful, glorious, sunny day. And you're you're in a very expensive neighborhood, passing underneath some high-rise condominiums when a flower pot falls from, say, the third-story balcony strikes you on the head and falls to the sidewalk in front of you. Of course, it breaks and the charts scatter about. The plant falls out, the soil, the the debris and whatnot. You stand there for a moment. Now, you have a bump coming on your head, but you know you're okay. There's an abrasion and it stings and there's a throb, but, you know, there's no real damage. You know, I've got some choices. Now, you can't answer this because I know you've read the book, but I can tell, I've told this story to tens of thousands of people, and the choices they always come up with come in, in one of these three formats, you know? I can, I'm gonna take that flower pot pieces, and I'm taking it upstairs to that third story balcony owner, and you know what I'm gonna do with them. Mm-hmm. Anger. Of course, if I get up there and I discover this is a lineman for the New York Giants, maybe I change my mind. Okay? I can, you know, pretend it didn't happen. I'm just going to be kind of metaphysical about it. I'm just going to kind of, it's not going to ruin my day. I'm just, I'm just going to go on. You know? I can repress it and deny it. I can, I'm going to sue this sucker. You know, this is a fat cat. I can make some real money out of this. Mm-hmm. Those are the three. You know, I, I talked to a radio host in Detroit, and he said, you know, I'm going to do the first and the third. I'm going to do them both. Yeah. Right? But I if think you really think, now, wait a minute, though. But if you think about this, if you have a prime directive, Patricia, and your prime directive, let's say, is as we would all want, at least we're going to be healthy, happy, and helpful. And, and we can discuss those as to why that's an important triangle. But if we have this prime directive, there is another alternative, a far better alternative. But when I ask somebody, what else could you do, I never hear this. I could pick up the flower. I could go to the florist and have it repotted. Mm-hmm. I could take it back and give it to the owner as a gift of love. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, but there's no reason for your flower to die. I hope you like the pot. And when I put my head on the pillow that evening, of those choices, which one is going to make me feel the best? Mm-hmm. It's going to help me Im- immunize myself because the body chemicals that uh, my body is filled with as a result of the smile on my face and the joy I feel from that act is going to extend my life right. and extend my health. 
And, I mean, I, I hear that. Of course, I believe that as an individual. But as I'm here as an interviewer and I'm thinking about listeners, I can hear a listener saying, well, you know what, I would feel great if I sued the blank, blank, blank. So there are people that don't want to release that anger, Eldon, and want to hold on to it and actually feel good because in some way they feel they've gotten even. Well, they're not Talk only about people, that. They're not only people that do that, but there are people that are literally addicted to self-help. I mean, you can give them the answer, and they can say, hey, that makes a lot of sense. And then they'll just turn around and go do something else. They'll go to another self-help seminar. They'll go buy another. You know, the bottom line is all of us are creatures somewhat of habit. Anger is a nasty getting even response. Mm -hmm. And my research has shown repeatedly over and over and over again, and and a lot of it in good, tight, double-blind studies, that there's no such thing as anger without fear. Now, there's some machismo kinds of folks out there that say, oh, yeah, but the fact of the matter is, for every anger response, <laughs> fear, and I, I, I become angry. When you think about it, and somebody cuts me off in traffic, 5 o'clock traffic, what have they done to me? I mean, how have they damaged me? I mean, yeah. why am I going to become angry and honk on my horn and shake my fist? I mean, you know, what, where is the road rage in that? Oh, it's impolite. There's no question about that. But what I'm doing when I respond that way is literally poisoning myself. And maybe we'll talk about those body chemicals later, but I'm literally poisoning myself. I, I, I am shortening my lifespan. I'm certainly not producing any happiness. I'm certainly not feeling healthy. Okay, so let me so, ask you this, though. Let but me now, just... wait. If I just change my frame of reference a little bit, Patricia, if I were to, to think that the person that cut me off is in a hurry because maybe they have a small child on the floorboards in the back seat that's right. bleeding and they're racing into the hospital, if I just change my frame of reference. So if I have this anger and I'm habituated to the anger, I can make a choice to change my focus of reference, my frame of reference, my context by which I see things. If I do that, if I make that choice, because it is my choice, then I can break the habit. If I choose instead to remain angry, and that too is a choice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it may be an illusional choice, but it is one I have. People can argue all they want about choice and free will, and and in our institutions, our academic institutions, that argument rages right now with artificial intelligence and and issues of that nature on on the table, including clonal capacity. But the bottom line is what the human being has the ability to do that no machine or computer intelligence does is inhibit a reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I think my, my question to you, and we're going to go to break, but my question to you is that Unless somebody really wants to change that, you know, there are people that just want to get angry and they get sick and they have stress or they have ulcers or heart attacks or whatever it is that manifests in their body, and they don't make that connection, so they keep getting angry and repeating it. So I guess my question is, somebody's got to really be aware that something's wrong and they want to make a change, correct? Otherwise, they're going to continue in that same old pattern because that's what they're comfortable with. 
I mean, the answer to that is yes. I mean, we, we as individuals are going to volitionally decide that we choose something better in our life, that, that maybe life is not as, as good to us as we would like it to be. And instead of displacing the responsibility by blaming anything and everything that we can, we will take the responsibility right. and we will make the change. When we come back from break, remind me, and I'll tell you about the study we ran in the prison on just that issue. Yeah, I think that that's really powerful. All right, before we go to break, tell us a little bit how people can learn about your seminars and your book and how they can connect with your work. Well, you can go to choicesandillusions.com, one word, choicesandillusions.com. There we have a lot of free product, and we have uh, a lot of the illusions that are in the book, and there's a, a schedule of my appearances, including radio appearances, this one today. And there's also a free program there, and if you click on the forgiveness, you'll get a a link that takes you to a free download as an MP3 or a free CD, access to a free CD. And, and that, too, I mean, you cannot take responsibility so long as you blame, and so you're going to find that the cornerstone, the absolute cornerstone, is you have to begin life by forgiving. It doesn't matter what's gone on, and that's the hardest bullet most people have to swallow. But that's where you have to start. If indeed you're going to make your own choices and not be puppeted by what the rest of the world does okay. to you. My guest today is Eldon Taylor, who is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and one of the foremost experts on subliminal information processing with more than 25 years of experience in the field. He's the author of five books dealing with the subject of subliminal communication and the inventor of the patented technology known as Whole Brain Inner Talk or The Taylor Method. And his newest book is Choices and Illusions, How Do I Get Where I Am and How Do I Get Where I Want to Be. And, um, again, you can log on to choicesandillusions.com. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us after the break at 866-472-5788. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. 
a public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You know, I want to say that I've been with Voice America now almost since the beginning. Um, the show's in year number six. And I began on the Internet because I really believed what they believe, that the Internet is power and the Internet is the future and the future is now. And now the Internet is so popular that, you know, in the next few years we'll be using it to watch television and to see a lot of most of our programming. So it's very exciting that we have this medium. And I've been doing this work of interviewing people who make a difference in our lives for over 25 years, both on TV and on radio. And so I just want to say that this is very important work and I really do believe and I know that you can turn your life around and you can make your dreams happen. Um, it takes an effort and some work, particularly when we have a different frame of thinking and we need to change it. But it certainly it can be done and is done all the time. And my guests talk about it every week, and today is no exception. Um, you can give us a call at 866-472-5788 if you're listening on Monday, December 3rd, um, between 11 and noon Pacific and 2 and 3 Eastern. My guest today is Eldon Taylor who is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and one of the world's foremost experts on subliminal information processing with more than 25 years of experience in the field. He's the author of five books dealing with the subject of subliminal communication and the inventor of the patented technology called Whole Brain, Inner Talk, and the Taylor Method. He is also the author of more than 300 personal empowerment audio and video programs and many other books and articles. His latest best-selling book that we're talking about today is... Choices and Illusions, How Did I Get Where I Am, and How Do I Get Where I Want to Be. Welcome back, Eldon. My pleasure. Thank you very much. You know, we were going to talk about the whole idea of forgiveness, um, because before we can take responsibility and manifest our desires, part of taking responsibility is letting go of, as you said, blaming other people and looking at what we're doing. So let's really explore that whole concept of forgiveness and how powerful it is. Yeah, and, and, and you've said it in a nutshell. But, you know, for me, the process began, like I say, um, in attempting to teach things. So, you know, I go back 25 years ago, and uh, a friend of mine from the Utah State Prison approached me and asked if we could use some of the things that we were doing to assist in lowering hostility, aggression rates, perhaps even uh, interrupting the recidivity rate at the Utah State Prison. He was employed at the Utah State Prison as a social worker. He's now a warden of the female facility, but at the time, uh, the idea, you know, seemed like, well, it might be possible, but I have to admit that I was not a bleeding heart. I, I looked at those people as basically, you know, we're warehousing them, and the, and the bad news is they're going to come out and date your daughter and be your neighbor. Uh, 
Nevertheless, uh, we decided that we would go into the prison system and uh, we ran some extensive psychometric uh, measurements uh, looking for a common denominator. Uh, what was it that we could do that perhaps would interdict the, uh, the behavior that we were pursuing? And what we, what we found from all those psychometrics was the, what you'd expect, uh, high scores in self-alienation and social alienation. In other words, they had low self-esteem um, and they had... They were poorly integrated as far as society was concerned. Their attitude generally was, however, ah, but for the grace of God, there go you. When I sat and visited with them, when we talked with them, for all intent and purposes, they had a mechanism that allowed them to displace responsibility for what they'd done. Now, sometimes we heard stories that were... Sad stories. Most of them exaggerated, but some were very true. But those stories were, you know, my daddy was an alcoholic, my mommy was a prostitute, the sure. neighbor boy mainlined me at eight, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Fact of the matter is, you could have two brothers come out of the same home. One was a, a professor or a surgeon, and the other one was in the prison system for some heinous crime. Not true. Yes, interesting. Two different choices made by people with the same stimulus, basically, mm-hmm. to say, out of the same environment. Mm-hmm. What we did eventually was look at how they processed their self-talk. William James, a great philosopher, talked about the stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness is how we talk to ourselves, and it's really not possible not to talk to ourselves. Everybody talks to themselves, even people that say, well, I never talk to myself. Right this minute might be saying, but I don't talk to myself, and that's an act of talking to myself. So we all talk to ourselves, and this stream of consciousness, for all intent and purposes, reveals to us a mirror on our own true inner beliefs. So what we wanted to do was was interrupt this stream of consciousness that gave rise to their ability to displace responsibility. We went at that or negative self talk. That's right. We went at that very directly by using three affirmations. I forgive myself, I forgive all others, I am forgiven. Because you see, if I forgive I can't blame. And if I can't blame, well, then I can do something about it. But as long as I'm blaming, I'm powerless to do anything about it. I mean, I, I've essentially allowed myself. I've tied myself up, not even allowed myself to be tied up. I have chosen to tie myself up. Well, what could I do? After all, they did this to me. And, and in, in life today, all of us probably know what I, you know, call cookie carriers. And, 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 and these are people that, have, you know, the, the bad cookies, the bad luck they're the ones that get together and they generally maybe at lunch, you know, you know what happened to me today? Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. You, you know what happened to me, what my boss said to me, and they share all this. It's like they get their identification out of building the negatives in their life. Yeah. Okay. When, when we do that, when we decide to do that, we create a kind of codependent relationship with everyone that we know that is based on displacement of responsibility blame blame it's not my fault look what's happening to me what we found in the prison system is that by simply undoing the blame and we added another element called gratitude but by undoing the blame we interrupted the 
hostility, the aggression. We lowered those. We also interrupted the recidivity rate. The, the program was so successful that it was eventually cloned throughout the prison system, went to a number of other prison systems, both male and female. But, but the bottom line is, for whether it was an inmate, what I found for myself inside the prison was, you know, I'm guilty of that too. I blame differently. Yeah. And I carry, I, I act out my blame differently, but I'm not any different. I, I'm, I am literally robbing myself of my own, uh, empowerment possibilities by blaming. Alright, but let me ask you, how do you get these people who've had that mindset for, you know, many, many years, and it's certainly been reinforced, how did you how did you help them to change that, to go from anger and bitterness to gratitude and forgiveness? Well, let me tell you another true story. When when you ask that question, the best example that comes to my mind is a young woman that came into my offices uh, years ago. She she was referred by a concurrent care practitioner, psychiatrist, and, and this young woman had been clinically depressed for many years, suicidal, um, had... Uh, uh, done some serious self-mutilation in the past, and uh, she was referred over to me, and I, I, I looked at her intake uh, materials, intake instrument, uh, right in the very beginning, and I saw that her very first practitioner, very first healthcare uh, professional was somebody that I think is probably the finest that lived in the 20th century. Hmm. And, and I looked at that, and I thought, geez, if he couldn't help her, I mean, what on earth am I expected to do? Now, I mean that truthfully and humbly because mm-hmm. there, without anything to do, stumped, looking at this, something, you know, prompted me. And, and, and I'm going to call it more than synchronicity or serendipity. You know, sometimes your, your inner voices, your intuition, wherever it comes from is your best guidance. Right. But what prompted me was to sit down with her, do a brief therapy, and base it on homework. I'd listened to her. That was fine. That was important to her. She needed the sounding board. But what she needed was to refocus, change the context in which she saw the world. Now, that's critically important, changing context. So what what I did is I gave her homework that went like this. This first week, you're going to do a good deed every single day. I don't care how big or how important or how small it is, but you're going to do a good deed. Not only are you going to do the good deed voluntarily, something that you just decide you're going to up and do, but then at the end of the day you're going to write it in a journal, a diary. And and, and I want you to do this when you get in bed. So you, you sit up in bed and you write it down in a journal, and then I want you to read it to yourself, and I want you to reflect upon how you felt and the expressions that the other people gave you and what it meant to you, and then you close that up and you go ahead and go to sleep. Week two, it was two. Week three, three. By the time we were week five, it was five good deeds, including one for someone for which there were feelings that uh, weren't warm. And it mm-hmm. may be, maybe somebody that she thought didn't like her or somebody that she didn't like. Okay, Now, over ten weeks, that was our therapy. It was a brief therapy type of intervention. She did her homework religiously. She brought it in. And what happened was this person was convinced that they were worth less. Mm-hmm. 
most anger, most depression comes about because we feel our worth has been taken from us. We haven't been respected. Uh, that five o'clock traffic example we gave earlier is all about, you know, I'm not being respected. Okay? Those worthless feelings can cause us to do many, many things. As soon as this woman began to give, do, her focus changed. Yeah. And by by focusing on it when she went to bed at night, what she took into her sleep was those feelings, those thoughts. So instead of taking in the fear thoughts and the what-if thoughts and, and, and I'm no good thoughts, she actually was taking in and, and changing, rehearsing, if you will, just like we all do, an entire new way of thinking. Now, if you stop, rehearsal is critically important. When we were children, we all rehearsed a role. Maybe it was uh, someone we saw on television or in a movie. You know, it was, uh, go ahead and make my day, you know. It was some some line or it was how we stood or it was how we walked. Or um, Many adults still rehearse in their head. They walk away from a conversation and they're going, and they're, you know, I should have said this. It would have been better if I'd have said this. You know, young people dating are constantly doing that, <laughs> attempting to sophisticate their lines, if you will. Those rehearsals are, are not about who we really are. And, and very often they can be the priming that changes how we talk to ourselves. Mm-hmm. All right, and, we're going to take a break on that note, and then we're going to talk more about self-talk in the next segment because that's really key because that self-talk is key really to translates into our behavior and our actions. My guest today is Eldon Taylor, who is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and one of the world's foremost experts on subliminal information Processing with more than 25 years of experience in the field. Eldon is a dynamic public speaker who has lectured to pack houses all over the U.S., U.K., and Germany, all over the world. And he's made numerous appearances on TV and on radio and has done a live call-in show called The Good News Hour, which he co-hosted. Um, he's considered an expert in his field, and his newest book is Choices and Illusions, How Did I Get Where I Am and How Do I Get where I want to be. You can log on to choicesandillusions.com and you can look at uh, where he is speaking and uh, get a copy of his book. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. 
Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. You can call us at 866-472-5788 if you're listening live on December 3rd between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon p.m. Pacific. And if not, you can listen to the archive shows, which are on voiceamerica.com and my site, raskinresources.com. And uh, this show will certainly be there. Um, we're talking about taking responsibility for our lives. We're talking about the importance of gratitude and forgiveness. My guest is Eldon Taylor, who is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and one of the foremost experts on subliminal information processing with more than 25 years of experience in the field. And he's the inventor of the patented technology known as Whole Brain Inner Talk and the Taylor Method. He's the author of more than 300 personal empowerment audio and vi- video programs, as well as many books and articles. His newest best-selling book is Choices and Illusions, How Did I Get Where I Am and How Do I Get Where I Want to Be? Welcome back, Eldon. No, thank you very, very much. Okay, we were talking about the last thing you were mentioning was the idea of self-talk. And my question to you is, how do you transfer that self-talk into something positive when you're really believing that negative stuff? And, and you're mouthing the words, oh, I'm great, I'm terrific, yes, I can do this. But inside is that little voice saying, no, you can't. No, you're really not great. You're really not good. So how do you transform that? Because those voices can be ingrained and embedded. Yes, they are. They not only could be, they are. I, I think, you know, the answer is really pretty simple, but it involves components, and there are at least two. The first one is we have to all understand that, you know, the way we're methoded, parented, the methods by which our enculturation process works, we're all full of negative expectations about ourselves. It's estimated by some behavioral therapists that perhaps as many as 900 negative message units are processed for every single positive unit. Now, sometimes they're negative just by way of, you know, I'm watching the news or a commercial comes on and the gombu's coming to town. But for most of us, a large part of them have to do with the environment that we went through as we grew up. So our peers and even our loving parents may have said things to us that were hurtful. You're skinny, you're dumb, you're, mm-hmm. you're not smart enough, you, 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 money is a source of all evil, 
uh, and on and on and on and on. There, you know, look out for number one is probably something that every single one of us has heard. Many of us believe, and it's probably the most self-defeating belief you can have. Yeah. Now, that that may fly in the face of what common sense says to a lot of people, but the fact of the matter is, you, look out for number one is how to practice being solo in everything. What we know from all the good research is if you want to live long, if you want to live happy, if you want to be healthy, if you want to have good relationships, if you want to be successful, you're going to have positive relationships. And and they're going to extend beyond that selfish lookout for number one. Yeah. So the bottom line is, and, and I could go on, we could spend two hours on just the negative messages. In fact, I spent a good deal of the first part of the book showing you how all these things that you have been taught are false to fact. I mean, in many instances, I mean, we're taught, you know, that an axiom is always true. So one and one equals two. But when you show an adult that you can add a gallon of water to a gallon of gasoline, it doesn't equal two. They're flabbergasted, mm -hmm. absolutely shocked. It, it, it isn't just all the negative bits of information. It's how we have been trained to think. So we think in a context around this negative information. And so we then say to ourselves, you know, I'm going to begin to tell myself good things. I'm, I, I deserve, you know, I'm a good person. And, and I've done this many times. You know, you, you have a, a, a gathering of people and you ask them, how many of you would like to make a million dollars? Everybody raises their hand. Mm -hmm. So you say, okay, now I want you to say to yourself, and you say it meaningfully, silently, this year I'm going to make a million dollars. Because you know that if you can't, you know, believe it inside, it's not going to happen. It, it takes 30 seconds at the most before you see laughter and smiles. People are getting self-talk coming back that says, what are you going to do, rob a bank? Yeah, sure, you're going to make a million dollars, you know. And if you think about it, when people say to themselves, I deserve, I am good, they may hear things that come back like, good at what? Do you remember when? How about? Because for all of us, we have this negative scripting inside, and around it we have built mechanisms. Now this can get complicated and we're not going to make it a psychology class, but mm -hmm. the bottom line is these mechanisms are designed to protect us. <clears throat> protect us from maybe being uh, rejected. Something that we experienced as a child and so now we have a behavior that is built around that rejection but we're not aware of it because in order for the mechanism to work we can't be aware of it. So as close as we get to it is maybe we have a fear of public speaking and it's due to something we said as a, as a child when we were called on by a teacher and had to stand up in front of the class and the whole class laughed at us and we're, you know, we were just humiliated and now in our adult life we need to speak publicly but we can't. So we deny ourselves access to a way that may have brought us success. But we have all these mechanisms, and they, they then form around a context as to how we see ourselves. So once we understand that, once we go through that, and that's the first half of choices and illusions, then we say, how do we change it? Okay, the first thing is we've got to change this context. It's that simple. Okay? 
want you to, by way of example, I want you to think of, of, of the spit in your mouth. You and I are talking right now. We're on the radio. We both know how important that saliva is. You go dry. Hey, you've got a real problem. So you move the saliva around in your mouth. All the listeners out there move it around in your mouth. Think about it. Tastes pretty good. Glad to have it. Now imagine that I'm going to spit it in a glass, as Ellen Langer says, and I'm going to drink it back. All of a sudden the spit's changed, hasn't it? The context is completely different. We have to change the context. Those things that we see as our friends, maybe someone that uses cigarettes or improperly uses food, has to see it as a spit in the glass, not the spit in their mouth. But the context gets even, even, you know, more important because the way we look at our world we define it in very limited ways. Somebody comes to our door by way of an example. They knock on it. It's 9 o'clock at night. Say, I'm in a scavenger hunt. If you've got a 3 by 7 piece of wood, I can win $10,000 and I'll split it with you. You can make five grand. You think, geez, you know, I haven't got a wood shed. I'm sorry, I, I can't help you. And you close your 3 by 7 wood door. All right. I just want to simplify this a little bit. And I just want to say that what I'm hearing is that we have to change. We're looking at something in a certain way, and we have to change really the way that we see that. So, for example, if we're always used to going out to a certain place and we're not going to do that anymore, we've got to see the benefit of doing it in a different place and we're putting it in another context so that we're not losing. That's absolutely correct. I mean, we're going to change the context around everything that we think or we do. The 5 o'clock traffic example is one case. And st- the next time it happens to you, you just simply think, you know, what if there's a child in there and they're bleeding and he's on the way to the hospital? It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. You see, in a very real sense, we have to fake it till we make it. The brain is really interesting. If I just simply smile, the brain doesn't know that I am forcing that smile. What it knows is I'm smiling. And as a result, it puts natural chemicals onto the body that are the endorphin chemicals that make me feel good all over. Right. Well, isn't there something about after we've done something for 21 days, it gets reprogrammed in our brain? It, that's correct. It's a matter of just repetition. It's repetition and response. You know, a lot of my work has been around subliminal information because we see that we're processing information all the time. Some of it's subliminal, some of it's supraliminal. Uh, you, you, all of this information is being processed that we're not consciously aware of. And as we're processing that information, we're hanging it on the various drives and various mechanisms. It is because Coming a part of our expectation, a part of our self-talk. So we have to consciously become aware and actively choose to change how we're thinking and the context in which we're framing it. Right, right. And do you think that happens, Eldon, when you just get tired of the old, when the old just isn't working anymore? I, I think, you know, it happens, it's going to happen one of three ways. It's going to happen as a result, as Maslow said, of coming to a point, like you say, where that self-actualizing principle just hasn't happened, and we look at it and say, is this all there is? There's got to be more. Or it's going to happen as a result of a trauma. Or hopefully it's going to happen because someone, like yourself, is going to provide sufficient stimulus that a 
listener is going to say, you know what? I don't have to have a crisis, and I don't have to get old and feel like my life has meant nothing. I'm going to do something today to engage in a way that opens my life up to the cornucopia of all these things everybody says is possible. You know, I'm just going to be a skeptic, and I'm going to try it for a few days and see if it works. That's all I've ever asked of anybody. Well, I think that's great, and we're going to take a break on that note. My guest today is Eldon Taylor, Ph.D., who is a world-renowned author and lecturer. And his newest book is Choices and Illusions, How Did I Get Where I Am and How Do I Get to Where I Want to Be? And in his book, he confronts the issues that prevent people from having what they say they want. And this is his new best-selling book, Choices and Illusions. And, folks, you can call in after the break at 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Albert Einstein once said, Nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Young people, do you want a forum to discuss your ideas and thoughts about what matters most to you? Speak Up brings together diverse voices, cultures, and ideologies from college-age adults across the country. Host Gina Holland provides a different perspective on how current affairs impact future generations. Broadcasting live every Thursday, Speak Up with Gina urges young Americans to think, ask pertinent questions, and affect change. That's Speak Up with Gina, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com on such a great show for you today. We are talking about creating the life we want to create by getting rid of some of the some of the obstacles that we've had in the way that we think. My guest is Eldon Taylor and he is the best selling author of Choices and Illusions. How did I get where I am and how do I get to where I want to be? Eldon Taylor is a world-renowned author, lecturer, and one of the world's foremost experts on subliminal information processing with more than 25 years of experience in the field. He's the author of five books dealing with this subliminal communication and inventor of the patented technology 
known as Whole Brain, Inner Talk, and Taylor Method. And he also is the author of more than 300 personal empowerment audio and video programs and many other books and published articles. Welcome back, Eldon. Oh, if I keep saying much. all of your credentials, I'll take up all of our time. Yeah. That's, how, that's how many are there. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we don't, you know, the, the bottom line is all of that adds up to what did they say? You know, when you go to school, you get your BS, <laughs> and then you get your MS, and that's more of the BS, right? <laughs> and then you get your PhD, pilot, higher and deeper. Oh, isn't it? You know, I haven't heard that. Yeah, you haven't heard that? No, I haven't. And when you're all said and done, I'll tell you the one that you really got to have next. Yeah. The J-O-B. I don't know what that is. The J-O-B? No, what is that? The job. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, in order to get all that, you have four corners to a better life. And I think that in this, this last segment, this would be a good thing to talk about, kind of wrapping up what do people need for those four corners. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you went that word, or that you went there. The, the bottom line is, you know, of all the things that we might could talk about, and we can talk about products that a person could buy that could change their life. We can talk about books that they can buy that can show them the way. And, you know, Choices and Illusions is a New York Times bestseller, and I don't want to talk anybody out of buying the book, of course, but I'm gonna, I want to share with you Four things that if you do these things, you don't need another book, you don't need another tape. It will, you can change your life by just simply practicing these four things. The first one we covered, that's forgiveness. You, that has to be something that you just simply sit down and you think of anyone and everyone in your life that may have offended you in some way that you hold some grudge to that you believe ah but for them you would have done something and so you blame them and you 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 write them down and now what you what you're going to consciously do is you're going to think of that person you're going to think of that situation and you're going to forgive them and you're going to let that go now that might be a hard bullet yeah and and, and many times you know but the bottom line is the reason you're doing this is for yourself. Okay, it's, let me just ask you. When you write that down and you say, I'm going to forgive this person, but inside you feel your stomach and your heart churning, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? You just you kind of let that go? Mm-hmm. That's what you do. You, you're just going to systematically desensitize that mm-hmm. okay. feeling. And so you're going to run, that's why you're going to have this list. And you're going to take this list out and you're going to look at it and you're going to bless them. I'm going to tell you something, you know. Uh, story I don't like to tell, but this is, you know, we, I think we teach best from what we've lived and experienced. I had a dear friend, it was a, a dog, a Doberman Pinscher, that was just a, a loving, loving puppy, just, just loved everybody. And he was shot by a person, and I know who the person was, and mm. the person, and, and, and that, it was a gut shot, and it killed the dog. I was so furious at the moment that fortunately only my wife stopped me from doing something I just shouldn't have done that that person was on my list for a long time mm. it, it wasn't easy for me to forgive this person but every time I'd think of that person I'd have all these feelings you're talking about and all those feelings they are chemicals yeah. and those chemicals are restricting blood flow those chemicals are are suppressing the natural uh, function of your body. I mean, your body has two basic analogous analogous to a government budgets. The first one is defense, and the second one is growth. 
if you put it to defense, it's not growing. It's not it's not doing the things that it can do to keep you immune from everything that comes along. Okay? So the bottom line is, yes, I'm going to write them down, and every time, you know, I look at my list, I'm going to bless them. And, and systematically, I'm going to bless them. I'm just going to bless them. I'm going to think of them as having all the good things in life. And, and that is not easy, but it is possible. And as I do it, I gain power over my own life. No one else has control over me. I can then take responsibility, not for what they did, but for my choices. All the stimulus that comes to me in this world, in in this lifetime, I am not in control of. But I am in control of how I respond to it. And so I'm going to choose to do the self-responsible. Now, I drive self-responsible an extra place. To be self-responsible, what you're really saying is, I am going to do my level best to make a bad situation good. You're not just saying, well, I'm responsible for me, and I don't belong here. I'm walking away. You're going to take responsibility to make a bad situation as best you can. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell several stories in the book, Choices and Illusions, about how you do that and how other people have done that. But... You know, you, you walk into your post office and they're they, they're nasty, negative mood. Then you smile and and you you're warm and ingratiating, and you watch how other human beings respond to you because they do that. Mm-hmm. You see the clerk in the grocery store, their heads down, they're feeling nasty, they're barking, and you step up there, hi, how are you? You mm-hmm. you engage them, you do your best. Yeah, it makes a difference. All right, Eldon, we're running out of time. I mean, if we could go on for a long I've time. i got to add the last two. Go then. ahead. Go the, ahead. La- the gratitude I mentioned. You've got to go into the world with a gratitude attitude. If that means just fake it till you make it, I have a bulletproof for that one, and it's just simply, I cannot wait to see what good comes from this. And if you put that in front of you on anything bad that seems to happen, it's amazing how it just seems to dim the mm-hmm. negative side of it. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the last one is service. You know, life is about service. I think you know Oprah Winfrey calls it paying forward. Now that's kind of a caught, it's kind of caught on. But the bottom line is, if what I do with every day of my life is it is my intention to do my very best to help every person that I might meet to help them, whether I'm selling a car or I'm practicing law or I'm a radio host, to help them then my life will change. Do those four things and you mm. will know the cornucopia of say life. Them, say them one more time, just the words. Forgive, okay. gratitude, self-responsible, and service. Mm. Mm. Forgive, gratitude, self-responsible, and service. So if we do those things, our life will change. Absolutely. I guarantee it. Thank you so much for coming on the program, Eldon. It's indeed been my pleasure. Yeah, it was wonderful. Stay on the line. Um, and I just want to repeat, folks, um, I want to tell you again, my guest is a world-known, renowned author, lecturer, and one of the foremost experts on subliminal information processing. And his newest book, which is what we've been talking about today, is Choices and Illusions, How Do I Get Where I Am and How Did I Get Where I Want to Be. And you can log on to choicesandillusions.com. 
And I want to tell you about next week's guest. I have a really another remarkable person who's who's become a friend over the years. His name is Michael Gelb. He's a best-selling author of How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. He's going to discuss his newest book, Innovate Like Edison, The Success System of America's Greatest Inventor, which he co-authored with Sarah Miller Caldecott, the great-grandniece of Thomas Edison. So tune in for that show next week. Folks, as I always say at the end of each program, stay healthy and stay happy and get the support that you need and know that you can make your dreams come true. And you can log on to voiceamerica.com or raskinresources.com and listen to the archive shows that are on both sites. Until next time, for Positive Living, I'm Patricia Raskin. Have a great Monday and have a great week. 